Hello everyone, welcome to Wind Down Wednesdays. I'm your host Paula Taylor and this is episode 140. So it's a little bit funny, I had to postpone this episode twice and in this episode we're going to be talking about how to stop giving from an empty cup. And both of the times I rescheduled this was because I recognized my cup was empty and that's something I'm working on is setting boundaries and taking care of myself. So we're going to go into that. It's actually a pretty complex topic. It sounds fairly simple, but it's it's one of those deceptively simple topics. So today's topic is how to stop giving from an empty cup. And on the surface, this is something people say really often. We're going to go into kind of what that means exactly. But it sounds really simple, right? Oh, stop giving from an empty cup. Fill your cup. Fill your cup before you give to others. It sounds easy. It is not. It is not an easy thing to accomplish. And we're going to talk about why. Because if we understand why, then we can start work working on correcting that. We can start working on figuring out what is it that's keeping me from filling my cup, from taking the time, from being able to say no to things so that I can take care of myself. Why are we so programmed to put other people's needs before our own? We're going to get into all of that in in this episode today. But the first thing I want to say is that like so many of the things we talk about, the, the first aspect of this is awareness. So one of the first things that keeps us giving from depletion, essentially, is what we're talking about. Giving from an empty cup, not filling our cup, all of those kind of metaphors, is that we're just not aware that we're doing it. Because we are so programmed to constantly give, to overgive, to give to the point of complete and total exhaustion, that we don't actually realize how depleted we really are. And, and there's kind of a side sort of aspect to that, that that makes it even more complex. So so we're not aware, we're so used to overgiving and saying yes all the time and putting other people's needs before our own that, that we don't even realize, again, how depleted we are. But also, there are different types of depletion. And psychologists know this now. If you go on the internet and you search for types of rest, you can see all the different types of rest. This is not just a physical problem. This is affects us on all levels of our being. So when we are depleted, there are many ways to be depleted. So if we don't have awareness, first of all, that we even are depleted, we just keep going and we feel empty and we feel exhausted and we feel like we're at the breaking point and we don't understand why. Then at a more complex level than that, at a deeper layer than that, we have to understand what aspect of ourselves is depleted. Are we physically depleted? Do we need physical rest? Are we emotionally depleted? Do we need some sort of emotional rest or fulfillment? Are we socially depleted? Which again, there's an even deeper layer there because for someone like me who's neurodivergent and has a tendency toward overstimulation, For me, a lot of times social depletion comes from being social. Some people might be like, I'm going to go to a party and that's going to fill my cup and I'm going to feel so good. That depletes me. That empties my cup. So for me, social depletion usually comes from being social and I need to withdraw and rest and kind of lower my stimulation. For someone who's more extroverted, that might be the opposite. I have not been social enough. I need some social interaction. Then there's the whole idea of what type of interaction are you having? Is it a very kind of superficial acquaintance level socialization, which is 
necessary. We do need that. But we also need that deeper layer of relationship. Do I have someone that I can really talk to who really understands me, who's really going to listen, who's going to hold space for me so that I can vent, so that I can figure out what's going on with me emotionally? Do I have this deep layer of relationship? So even within each of these types of depletion, there's deeper layers. And and so there's awareness, there's self-awareness that needs to come through about all of these different things. Am I depleted physically? What do I need for that? Because sometimes it's physical rest, but sometimes it might actually be exercise. I don't exercise enough. I might feel more fatigued. So again, there's there's complexity within even each of these different categories. If you're emotionally depleted, what does that mean? Does that mean you need, there's an emotion you're shoving down that you need to process and release? Does that mean you're understimulated and you need somebody to kind of help you work through emotions? Does that mean that you've got so many emotions going on that you need to take a break from them? Same thing with the social aspect of it. And then, of course, I haven't even mentioned spiritual. And one of the great things is by watching or listening to this show, you're getting some spiritual filling of your cup every single week because that is what we do. And, of course, for me, the foundation of everything is spiritual. And for a long time, I think I let that be so important that I let some of these other things go. And I heard, I'm going to be mentioning Glennon Doyle's podcast, like probably in the next three shows, because I binge listened to like four episodes that really kind of helped me solidify a lot of this in my mind. So I'll just mention her podcast is called We Can Do Hard Things. And I listened to three episodes recently that I could not recommend highly enough. And we're going to talk about the Jane Fonda one again later when we talk about our voice. And that that was, I think, December of 22. And then somewhere in the fall, like September of 22, she did an episode with Melody Beatty, um, who wrote the book literally on codependence. She wrote Codependent No More and like a bunch of different books, but kind of the originator of this idea of codependence we're going to talk about more. And then there was a show on boundaries kind of right before or after that one. And all of these things tie together so strongly and again, lead to this complexity. So for me, for a long time, I was really kind of not paying as much attention to my my physical needs. And, and, and to me, emotional and spiritual is really kind of, they're very closely related. But for me, and I've mentioned this many times before, my physical body has always been a bit of a struggle. And I had disordered eating from a very early age and body image issues from a very early age and pain and that terrible endometriosis and this horrible battle with infertility and 12 miscarriages. Like... I never felt like I was friends with my body, to put it mildly. And what I realize now is, and one of the things that Jane Fonda said that she's one of my favorites and she just blows my mind every time I hear her speak. She said, and she had, she went into like a lot of depth about this and I definitely recommend listening to that show and I'm just going to kind of paraphrase and probably not do it justice. But essentially what she said is her entire life she's been on this journey of coming back to herself. She talked a lot about embodiment. We're going to do a show about that. But one of the things she said was what she finally realized, the whole purpose of life is to become a fully integrated being, to integrate the physical, the emotional, the spiritual, the social, 
all of these different aspects of ourselves and to be able to hold that space for yourself and to be able to now bringing in some of these other topics, hold your boundaries and say no when you need to. That's the, now we're getting into the codependence and we're going to go more kind of down that road. But I really just thought that was such a beautiful way to kind of summarize why we do spiritual work because the spiritual work is the root of everything but if you're really doing spiritual work, at a certain point, you're going to get into the body because what you're going to find out is that due to trauma, you've been disembodied, you're not fully occupying your body. And in order to be a fully integrated spiritual being, you've got to be physically present in your body. So all of these layers of our being can get depleted, can have an empty cup. So if we don't have the awareness, first of all, to recognize we're depleted and then to understand what aspect of this, if some, a lot of times it's many, and what tends to happen to me is I don't notice things until I get physically depleted. I've talked about that before on the show. I think that's really common because the physical is kind of what gets you to the point where you just can't function anymore. You know, when you get physically ill, there's a point at which you just can't get out of bed. And, and we shouldn't have to get there in order to start taking care of ourselves. And that's some of this knowledge that's been coming in for me is that these codependent patterns that I've had for years and years and years that almost all of us have, these people-pleasing behaviors, this idea of putting other people's needs before your own, it sets you up to be chronically depleted. And when you start to stand up for yourself and you start to put your own needs first, as a culture, we are programmed to call that selfish and to shame people who do that because we have been told we have to earn our worth. We've talked about that so many times on the show. I have to be productive. I have to do. I have to take care of everyone else. And you do. I mean, that is the fact of life here. If we are going to survive, we have to take care of ourselves, which in this society that we've built means you got to have a job and you got to have money and you got to have food and you got to have shelter. And if you have a family, you've got to take care of your children. But here's the thing that people kind of say all the time that I don't think really most people feel in their body or understand at a deeper level is this idea that truly if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of anyone else. And the metaphor that everyone always uses is when you're on an airplane and the oxygen mask come down, put your own mask on before you put your children's mask on. And the idea of that is that if you are passed out from lack of oxygen, you're not going to help anybody and they might be too young to know how to do it. And so you're, you know, as a parent, especially, of course, your instinct is going to be, I need to take care of my child. But we've got it backwards because if you are not taking care of yourself, I mean, Physically, at a certain point, you will not be here anymore. You will be dead. You cannot serve anyone if you're not here. And that's, of course, a very extreme example. What really is happening to a lot of us is that we're chronically depleted on multiple layers of our being. And, and we're trying so hard and we feel like we're kind of running on a hamster wheel or we're just like inches away from drowning. You know, you're flailing around in water. And 
we cannot serve people from that space. And we especially cannot serve our children from that space. And of course, is anybody fully, you know, filled up all of the time? No, that we're never going to be perfect with this. But if we're not even aware that this is going on, then we just keep giving from depletion. And then we're teaching our children to give from depletion. And we're, we need to break that cycle. And unfortunately, as I know from my whole life, being a cycle breaker makes people very uncomfortable because there's a reason we have all this programming, right? Stick with the status quo. Don't rock the boat. We've got all sorts of sayings about that. So when you come in and you want to make change and you start saying no to people, they do not like it. And as somebody with codependent patterns, which I think all of us have to some extent, there is some aspect of your life where you are putting someone else's needs before your own. You might be a very strong person who stands up to people and isn't afraid of conflict, but there's a place in your life where that's not true. Maybe in the workplace, you're like, yep, I got this. I'm not taking poop from nobody. But then in your family, you want to please everyone or vice versa. Maybe in your personal life, in your personal relationships, you feel very empowered and, and you feel like you can ask for what you need. And then when it comes to your workplace, you feel like if I say anything, I might lose my job and that threatens my my security, right? There's a scarcity belief in there. So this stuff is so interwoven into the very fabric of our society that it is almost impossible to have full awareness around this until you really start working with it. And that is where I've been for a long time. And of course, awareness is, is the first step. You got to get there. And But what happens after that and what where I've been for kind of years is this idea that I'm aware of these patterns. I'm doing my best to, to try to kind of break them or, or step out of them or, or move beyond them. But, but I'm just not, a lot of times I'm just watching things happen. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, I really wanted to say no in that situation. And I felt like I couldn't. And I see from, you know, after the fact, what I could have done or what I might have done or what I really wanted to do. But I still just sort of went with that kind of codependent pattern and and it's a really hard pattern to break. I'm using the word codependent a lot. Again, I mentioned uh, Melody Beattie or Beatty, Beattie, B-A-B-E-A-T-T-I-E is her last name. She's written a lot of books, but Codependent No More was the first one. I read that book when I was about 19 when I started doing my therapy work as an adult child of an alcoholic and codependency and any kind of addiction like go hand in hand because you're raised to keep the addict addict happy or calm or whatever the situation is. And so from a very, very early age, you learn that their needs are more important than yours. But the other thing that comes with codependence that we sort of maybe forget about is this idea of the vulnerability and courage it requires to ask for what you need. Because in a codependent relationship, there it's really interesting. And people, the word for this, a lot of people will call this passive aggressive behavior. There's this idea that as a codependent, you there's an assumption that other people should know what your needs are. Like, I shouldn't have to ask you to do this. You should just do this for me. That's a codependent belief. And that, you know when you start learning about this or like when I was back in therapy, you know, my, she said to me over and over again, no one is a mind reader. You know, I'm pretty intuitive, but I'm not a mind reader and you shouldn't have to read somebody's mind. It's not fair 
when people are not asking for what they want. But it's such a vulnerable situation because what happens when you ask for what you want or what you need and then someone says no? And then that feels like a personal rejection. And so there's this pattern as well of feeling like, first of all, not even knowing what your needs are at a certain point because you've been meeting other people's needs for so long. You know, that happens a lot of times to moms or dads too, empty nesters. You know, the kids are gone and it's like, oh, what a who am I? Like, I've been raising children for 18 to 20 years. Like, who am I? I don't remember who I am anymore. That is actually a codependent behavior. There is a way to raise children and still be an independent person who who asks for what they want and who fills their cup. And ideally, that is the behavior we would demonstrate to our children, not this kind of martyrdom of like, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to grow more and more and more resentful of all of the things I'm having to give because I'm chronically depleted. It is natural when you're chronically depleted to start having resentment. And and the, the mind... I can't use that word, mind weirdiest thing <laughs> in that whole setup is that you're doing it to yourself. You've built your own cage and you're stuck in it. It's this idea that I've got to do and do and do, and now I'm resentful of you, but it's really me, the one who's making the choice to do. But we get to this point where we feel like everything is an obligation. That is what codependence does to us. It makes us feel like everything is an obligation. I was thinking about the original movie Parenthood starring Steve Martin that came out in the 80s, and there's a point at the movie where he's fighting, and he's got all, you know, three kids already, and then his wife is pregnant, and he doesn't want another kid, and he's totally overwhelmed. And he says to her, everything in my life is have to. And I think that there are just so many of us who feel that way. We have to go to work because we have to make a living. We have to take care of our families because we want to, but also because we have to, because they depend on us. We have to do this and this and this. And here's the thing, that is a mindset issue because there really is very little that we actually have to do. We have to survive, so we have to have food on our table. You know, we have to eat. We have to have access to clean water. We have to have some sort of shelter. But beyond that, a lot of the have-tos, you know, there's things we overcommit ourselves and then we feel obligated. And that is also that codependency of like, I feel like I can't say no, which is me not expressing my needs. And then once I say yes, I feel obligated to follow through, even though you know at a gut level when someone asks you, you know, can you help me with this? At a, right away, at an intuitive level, your body goes, oh, sure, or mm -mm, I don't think so. And the other thing about that is that when you get that mm -mm, I don't think so, you don't actually need a reason to say no. Yes, sometimes someone might ask you to do something. You're just like, I don't have a bandwidth for that. I mean, that is one of the things that I have started saying to someone. I would love to help you out, but I don't have the bandwidth for that today. I'm, and, and, and I almost said, I'm sorry. And that's the other thing is that we're taught to apologize for taking care of ourselves. And, and again, that should be the very, your very first priority should be taking care of yourself, should be filling your cup on all of those layers of your being because it's true. When your cup is full, at a certain point, it begins to overflow. And that is when you are giving from abundance. So what we're talking about here, giving from depletion or giving from an empty cup, is really giving from scarcity, giving from depletion, giving from, 
I, I don't, I'm just giving, I got to give and, and you're giving yourself away is really what codependence is. I'm giving myself away. Whereas when you fill your cup and your cup is overflowing, you're giving from abundance. You're giving from universal life force energy. That is what, you know, I learned this a long time ago when I first learned Reiki, this idea that you're channeling. I'm not giving you my energy in a session. I'm channeling energy. Now, does that mean that I might not have taken a session on when I was really already depleted physically or in other ways? That's the complexity of this. Even if you know how to channel energy, you chances are there is some level of your being like for me a lot of times it's emotional or even physical someone asks me something and I have a hard time saying no and then I feel like I have to justify why I'm saying no when I really you know people say no is a full sentence it's really hard for us to do that no I can't help you even there I want to be like I'm sorry so this idea of kind of chronic depletion or giving from an empty cup there what are the reasons why we can't fill our cup we've talked about one of them is codependence that's a big one I kind of got into that without much preamble but another one is self-worth we don't feel worthy of taking care of ourselves we don't feel worthy of filling our cup because we're taught again and programmed from such an early age that we have to earn our worth so if you have to earn your worth, that means you're constantly doing and doing and doing and trying to demonstrate, look how worthy I am, look how useful I am, look how, how much I can do here. That creates this scarcity of worth because you feel like your worth isn't inherent. And, and it, no matter, I do this work constantly and I still, my husband and I talk about this all the time and like, I had a day last week I wasn't feeling good and I was physically depleted. I was kind of depleted on all levels, but especially physically I was having some vocal issues, which is why I canceled the show last week. And I took one day that I was, um, I was supposed to be doing a lot of things. I had a big list of things to do, you know, for my business, some online things and website things and just, you know, home stuff to do all of that stuff. And I just couldn't do it. I just laid on the couch all day and watched Hallmark movies that is what I needed to do to fill my cup. And I decided I'm not going to feel guilty about this. Now, did it not come up a few times? Like I watched one movie and I was like, oh, yeah, I should get up and do something. And then I started the second movie and there's this feeling in there of like, oh, I really shouldn't be doing this. I really have all these things to do. So it is a very long road to reprogramming something that is so deeply seated in us, in us personally, in our society, in our families. It's just pervasive. So it's going to take time. And it takes a lot of intention. It takes a lot of consciousness to do this. Like I had to say to myself, you know, there's a reason I feel too tired to get up off the couch. If I wasn't, I would get up and I would do something. But my body is telling me it needs rest. My body is telling me I don't have the energy to do anything else today. And, and luckily, that's the other thing. I had the luxury of doing that. And we've set up a society. I have a job. I don't get paid if I don't work for the most part. I don't get paid time off. I get 40 hours of sick time a year because of Arizona law. I own my own business. I don't have any benefits there. So if I decide not to 
go into the office for the day, I've got to cancel everyone I see and I don't get paid for that. If I decide not to go to my medical job, I don't get paid for that. So absolutely, there's some privilege involved in here in being able to take care of yourself because we have set each other up to fail. We have set up a society where people have to work three or four jobs to afford anything. And of course they're depleted. Of course they're depleted. But those of us who have the privilege to sometimes say, I can't do this today, we need to start acting on that because as we act on that, again, everything ripples out. So the more I take care of myself, the more I demonstrate to anyone who meets me or looks at me that they, that they, I, I honor this. I honor my ability to take care of myself and I want you to do the same. And we need to start allowing each other some grace. When I say no to someone and I know it's going to disappoint them or upset them or make them angry, I have to do it anyway. I did. I talked on a whole show about how I moved to a new space and it was making me physically ill that I had to tell my office mate that I was moving out of the office. And, and I had worked myself up into this frenzy because I was like, oh, I'm going to disappoint her and she's going to, you know, hate me or be angry at me, which she would never do. And that's how powerful this programming and codependence is. But... But I also knew it was something that I had to do. So the more you do those things, the easier it becomes. I used to have a terrible time making phone calls. It's like one of my least favorite things still. But I have a job where I literally call people and tell them they have cancer. So like once you can do that, you can call the licensing department of Tucson and, and talk to them. Practice. Practice makes progress. We have to practice taking care of ourselves. And we have to do this deep self-worth work so that we understand, yes, I am worthy. If I am laying on the couch watching Hallmark movies all day long and I don't talk to a single person and I don't do a single lick of work, I am just as worthy as on the day that I get 50 things done. And on a deep level, we still don't really feel that. We still don't really understand that. We still don't feel the support whew, that's all around us. I did a sound journey that was really deep on Tuesday. I was so honored by the people who came because it's always a co-creation. And one of the things that came to me at the end of it is this, I felt this like heaviness, but it was this beautiful heaviness. And it was this message from the earth to let go. I am here to support you. Let me hold you. And, and we don't receive that message. Earlier today, I saw my mom and she gave me a ooh, photo album of like my first year of life and it was all of these pictures of relatives who you know were meeting me as a baby and the the wonder and the awe on their face and the the pure love of that we forget that we forget how honored people are to meet us we come into the world and everybody loves a baby right oh look at the baby she's so cute and beautiful and and there's this whole picture album of all these people meeting me for the first time and and the way that they were looking at me I just thought if we could really remember that and continue to support each other in that way it's easy to love a baby it's like loving a dog right because they're they don't do anything to hurt you. But as people grow and relationships get more complex, it gets harder and harder to feel that purity. And when we lose that purity, we start to think that we don't have self-worth.
this is like way, I'm way off on what I was going to talk about today, but uh, whenever it makes me cry, I know it's important and I know it's probably going to resonate with, with somebody. So I think that's probably all I want to say before we jump into our meditation. If something else comes through at the last minute, I will happily channel. What we're going to do in our meditation today is, as always, we're going to fill our cup. We're going to take some time to spiritually and emotionally fill our cup. And, it, and physically, this fills your cup, too, by taking this space. And that is part of this practice is saying, like, I put this show off twice, and, and every time I do that, there's that voice, oh, you said you were going to do this. You said you were going to go live. You know, you skipped last week. This was two weeks ago. Or last week, I was getting ready, and I just, I didn't, I couldn't do it. And I thought, how can I give a show and talk about a topic of how to stop giving from an empty cup if I'm giving from depletion? I have to lead by example. And the more that each we do this, again, we can hold space and give each other grace. When someone says no to me, I don't like it. If I asked them something and I wanted them to say yes, I want them to say yes. But I've got to understand that for whatever reason they said no, they have a reason for it. I don't need to know what the reason is. I need to give them grace. I need to honor them. If someone is setting a boundary with you, saying no is one of the biggest boundaries you can set. No or no thank you. And if we can start honoring that with each other, we really could change the entire fabric of society by by stopping this idea of of guilting people. You know, when somebody says no, there's no guilt there. I understand. Thank you for being honest with me. Thank you for expressing your needs because that is one of the really hard things to do when you're in that kind of codependent behavior is to ask for what you want. Because what happens if I ask you for something and you say no? If it's really easy to take that as kind of a, a rejection of yourself as a person. But recognizing that whenever somebody reacts to you, they're reacting from their own space. Maybe that person has so much going on in their life and they're depleted and they can't give to you at this moment. And, and sometimes I will try to say that to people. That's, I'm not in a place to do that right now, but perhaps I will be in the future. Sometimes I leave a little door open and sometimes it's just like, no, thank you. I'm not going to be doing that. And, and the other thing is, see, I'm already off on another tangent. That's okay. The more you say no, the more you start to really feel your yes. I had a call last week from a community center here in Tucson who they do a bi-weekly sound bath and their normal practitioner was ill and they asked me if I would come and do it and right away I was like that was like a hell yes that was like oh yes of course I will like that is what I live for so the more you that discernment we talked about discernment a couple weeks ago the more you recognize especially in your body the no and you honor that no the more you're going to know when the yes comes through that it's really like that was not like, oh, I should do this. And it's, it was just like, absolutely, that is 
what I live for. Please let me come and share sound with you. And as you start to develop that discernment, then you can start to let some things fall away that no longer serve you. I had a Patreon for about nine months, six months, and, and it just wasn't really going anywhere and people weren't joining and I, and I mentioned it and I, you know, I broadcast it as much as I could. And then at a certain point it was like, this is not serving me. It's not going anywhere. It doesn't feel good in my body. I'm just going to let that go and, and make space for that really strong yes. And the more you practice the no, the more you recognize the difference in your body, because we've talked about that before. Your body is directly connected to your intuition. Your mind is not. Your mind has to be kind of put in a space of centeredness and expansion and groundedness to be connected to your intuition, but your body always is. So a lot of times you'll feel it in your body when you want to, you know, there's a tightness for me. You'll, you'll start to understand your body's language. There's a tightness in the chest or kind of a tightness in the belly. There's a contraction. You feel like you're getting smaller. Whereas a yes is like this feeling of expansion. So what we're going to do in tonight's today, tonight, today's meditation is we're, of course, we're going to fill our cup, but what we're going to do first is we're going to explore some of these things that are keeping us stuck in depletion. Why is it? What is that? Is it a self-worth thing? And, and we're going to just really send some love and grace to ourselves because the more graceful and loving we can be, the more forgiving we are of ourselves, the more that reflects back in how we treat on other people. The people that are the meanest tend to be the hardest on themselves. And, and if somebody's assuming something, it always makes me laugh when someone assumes like that I'm lying because I'm like, <laughs> I can't lie. Like I have a, it's like kind of a running joke. I, I just am, I mean, I am honest to a fault. Although, see, that's a thing when you're people pleasing, you know, what is a white lie really a lie anyway but when someone assumes i'm lying about something i always know it's because they have a tendency to lie because i do not i have a really hard time lying even when i you know again maybe sometimes <laughs> sometimes i should and i don't so this is going to be a really gentle meditation a really loving meditation the way this came to me is just like this warm blanket kind of wrapping around these these issues of what really are self-worth they really are, I don't feel at some level worthy of filling my cup. I don't feel worthy of letting my cup overflow from abundance. I feel like I have to give what's in my cup away before it ever replenishes. And I think it's going to be a good one. So let's meditate together. So for this meditation, just find a comfortable position you can sit up, make sure you're supported in whatever position you choose. You can lie down. Let's begin with just some gentle movement. And I'm actually moving probably more than I should. I'm, I'm stretching my neck out a little bit. And as we talk about a lot, what we really want to do is go to just about 20 to 30% of our capacity, telling the body it's safe before we really try to make any change in the body. We want the body to know it's in a safe space. So just do some gentle movement. Let this be completely intuitive. And as you're doing this, we're going to take three of those deep oxytocin breaths together. So you're going to breathe in through the nose. Let your belly really float out. 
And as you sigh this breath out through your mouth, you're gonna use an audible ha sound. Going from high to low, that vibrates the vagus nerve, it releases oxytocin, it tells the body that it's safe. So continue that gentle movement and then just take three to five nice oxytocin breaths. I'll do one with you here. Do a few more of those. This is such a simple way to fill your cup physically. Telling the body that it's safe is replenishing, emotionally bringing some calm, some centeredness, some grounding. And then spiritually, when we breathe deeply like that, we're drawing that prana, that energy or chi, ki, life force, unconditional love, whatever word you want to use from it. By breathing deeply, we really draw that into all the cells of our body. And then we have the opportunity to breathe out and release anything that's no longer serving. So take at least one or two more of those deep oxytocin breaths. And as you breathe in, let that beautiful light and love just pour in through the top of your head all the way down through your torso. And as you sigh that breath out, just set the intention to release anything that's no longer serving you. Just beginning that beautiful refill of your cup, refilling your spiritual cup here, your emotional energetic cup, refilling even the physical cup by doing a little bit of movement, maybe working some discomfort or tension out of the body. As you feel ready to come still, you can. Giving yourself a little bit of physical rest as well during this meditation by coming still and really focusing. When our mind is rushing and chattering, it makes the body feel unsafe. So just bringing some calmness into the mind actually fills our physical cup as well. And just continuing with that metaphor of kind of a full cup or an empty cup, just let yourself be intuitive about this and just let it come into your consciousness here. What are the areas in my life? What are the layers of my being where my cup feels like it's depleted? Physically, am I feeling good? Am I feeling full and overflowing? Am I feeling a little bit depleted? And don't attach any judgment to this. Just notice what comes up. Then ask mentally, how am I feeling mentally? Am I feeling depleted? How's my cup looking? And again, just take note of it. No need to attach any judgment. Emotionally, how does my cup feel? Is it full and overflowing? Is it feeling a little bit depleted? And socially, how does my cup feel? Is it feeling full and overflowing? Is it feeling depleted? And perhaps what does that mean for me? Does If it feels depleted, does that mean... I'd like some more social interaction. Does it mean I'd like less? Does it mean I want a more meaningful connection? Just kind of let all that come into your consciousness. If nothing comes through, that's okay. And then lastly, just check in spiritually. How does my spiritual cup feel? Does it feel full? Does it feel depleted? And I've got this image of a like red solo cups and I can see kind of the level for each one of these things and we're going to check in again at the end and just notice if anything's changed 
This is just a way to kind of gauge how you're feeling. If you're feeling depleted, if you're feeling really full and abundant, there's still a layer to explore here. If you're feeling really depleted and low, let go of judgment about that. And now if it feels good, place one hand on your heart, maybe one hand on your belly. I want you to check in with yourself here and ask yourself, and your body may answer you before your mind does, what are the ways in my life that I'm interfering with filling my cups? What are the behaviors I have that are not allowing me to fill my cups on all those levels of being? And just see what comes up here. You might get something right away. You might get a few kind of vague things. You might get nothing and that's completely fine. Chances are what's at the root of any of these things that comes up is scarcity versus abundance and worth. Where do I feel like there's not enough of something? I'm not giving enough in this case. I need to keep giving. That's actually a scarcity belief as opposed to there's so much abundance in the universe. If I say no to this person, someone else will step in and say yes. I don't have to take this all on and my shoulders, I can, I can allow myself to be supported. That is that abundance view. And then on the other end here, we've got these worth beliefs. So I've got to earn my worth. If I don't say yes to this, if I don't show my boss how valuable I am, they might not value me and, and there might not be another job that does. And again, that's a little bit, that's a scarcity belief too. That scarcity of kind of worth of feeling that the worth is not inherent. So whatever's coming up for you individually here, I want you to just look at it. It might feel uncomfortable. It might feel like you don't really want to look at it, but we're going to do some beautiful transmutation of this. So as you kind of arrive at what these beliefs are, you can go all the way to that deepest core. I'm not worthy. There's not enough. That's kind of the deepest core of a lot of that. Or you can stay with whatever comes to you. Be completely intuitive with this. I want you to take those beliefs, kind of hold them in your hands or look at them out in front of you. You don't have, you don't have to bring them close to your heart, but just kind of look at them. If something comes through as a visual, if you're visualizing them as something, that's fine. Or maybe you just, you know, you're just holding kind of, it's kind of a sludgy feeling probably this like, Ooh, I don't feel good about myself. I don't feel worthy. I don't feel like there's enough. I feel like there's a lack, whatever it kind of looks like to you. What I want you to do next is wrap a beautiful blanket of love around it. And you might not be able to summon the love for that because you might say, oh, this has been holding me back my whole life and ugh, I hate it. That's okay. We've called in this beautiful universal love and light. So just call it in through your head. Channel it out through your hands, that Reiki, that universal life energy. You don't need to be attuned to call that energy through your body and send it to this, these beliefs. And I'm, I'm assisting you here by also sending Reiki through this transmission. 
So now see these beliefs just wrapped. I see this like a, almost like a beautiful, like it's a cold day and I'm wrapping a beautiful scarf, like a warm, cozy scarf around these beliefs. And this scarf is made of love and it's made of grace and understanding and forgiveness. That's a big part of this. And if you can state out loud right now, I forgive myself for feeling unworthy. I forgive myself for feeling like there's not enough. I forgive myself for putting other people's needs before my own. Because as long as we're holding shame or guilt around any of this, we can't change it. We've got to see it and offer ourselves that forgiveness. It doesn't matter where this belief came from. Everybody has these two beliefs to some extent. So just to offer yourself that grace, that forgiveness. And if it's coming through, you know, that this came from someone or somewhere, offer that person or institution or society at large a little bit of that grace and forgiveness as well. Everybody who is programmed was programmed by somebody before them who was programmed by somebody before them, just like trauma. Trauma begets trauma. So as this cycle breaker, you are doing this beautiful work of transmuting these beliefs within yourself. And what a beautiful gift to yourself. What a beautiful way to begin taking care of yourself. And as you've really wrapped these beliefs in this loving embrace, whatever it looks like for you, I see this warm, cozy scarf. Maybe you see a beautiful cloud of, of light, something that kind of takes the heaviness out of this. Whatever comes through, let it come through organically for you. We're going to start to introduce now some some positive affirmations that we can use to transmute this energy because belief is just energy. I am inherently worthy and feel free to repeat these out loud if you can. I do not have to earn my worth. I love taking care of myself. I love filling my cup. When my cup is filled, it allows me to give with joy. I always give from abundance and joy. Again, just holding these beliefs in this space of love, receiving this energy coming through this transmission now, and knowing that everyone else who practices this is holding space for you as well, holding this grace and forgiveness. We hold it for each other as we hold it for ourselves. So just continue to send love into these beliefs. You can continue with some affirmations using the ones that I gave you or anything else that comes through. We're just going to do a little bit of sound, just bringing some more beautiful love into the space to transmute those beliefs, to allow ourselves to really understand that as we receive then we are truly able to give from that space of abundance and love 
not from a space of lack or depletion, from a space of abundance and love. last moments here just holding this space of love wrapping this love around and through permeating those beliefs permeating those fears and recognizing that you are worth taking care of you are worth giving yourself the support of saying no when you need to. That as you create boundaries, your boundaries are made of love and the abundance of the universe means that everyone is taken care of and supported. We've just got to get there and see it and make it a reality. And as you make it a reality for yourself, that ripples out to the collective. So as you're ready, release that energy that you've been working with. You can send it into the earth to be recycled for the highest good. You can take that beautiful love, maybe place your hands on your chest, just send it right back into your body, into your heart space. Giving yourself this feeling of being supported and loved. And knowing that no matter what you do, you are worthy. If you disappoint every single person in your life, you are still worthy. You are made of this unconditional love.
just checking back in briefly here with those cups. How does your physical cup looking? Does it look any fuller? Releasing any judgment about that. If not, you can always come back and repeat this and spend some time as well. Like if your physical cup is low, what does that mean? Do you need rest? Do you need more exercise? Do you need a specific type of movement? Do you need to go outside in nature and be in some sort of beautiful space? Same thing for all of these. So checking back in with your emotional cup here. How does it feel? Does it feel full? How could you fill it further? Just let a little bit of intuition come in here at the end. How could I fill my emotional cup more? And again, coming back to this, maybe making this a weekly practice. Coming into the mental now. How does my mental cup feel? What could I do to fill my mental cup even more? How does my social cup feel? What could I do to fill my social cup more? Recognizing that that may be about less contact or more deep, meaningful contact. And lastly, how does my spiritual cup feel? What can I do to continue filling my spiritual cup? You're off to a great start by being present in this meditation. So as you're ready now, just coming back into your conscious mind, maybe moving the body a little bit, shrugging your shoulders or moving your neck around a little bit if it feels good. If you're in a space that's safe and you'd like to drift off to sleep, you can allow that. If you're coming back to the rest of your day or evening, just doing again some gentle movement just to get reacquainted with the body, get regrounded in the body. And as you're ready, repeat after me out loud if possible. I am fully present and grounded in my body. I trust my body to help me hold my boundaries. I listen to the intuition of my body when it tells me to say yes or no. I honor the wisdom of my intuitive body. Satnam. The truth of your identity is that you are inherently worthy. And you are so precious to so many, spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally, and socially. Take care of yourself, fill your cup, and teach those around you to do the same and offer each other grace as we learn together. Take one or two more deep breaths now. You can add that oxytocin ha if you'd like. As you're ready, you can open your eyes. Thank you so much for joining me today. Take some time for the, during the rest of this week to check in with your cups, maybe at the end of the night or when you first wake up in the morning and ask yourself, what one thing can I do today to fill even just one of these cups a little further 
and start acting on that. It doesn't have to be a big thing, but as you start giving yourself these little acts of kindness, your body, your, your deeply held beliefs will start to shift and you will start to understand how worthy you are of, of being taken care of and, and of doing that for yourself. Have a beautiful rest of your day or evening. Have an abundant rest of your week and I will see you next week for Wind Down Wednesdays.